chapter thirty eight of order number eleven this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org order number eleven by caroline abbott stanley chapter thirty eight gordon takes the helm my god it was the cry lifted up on calvary it has been the outpouring of stricken hearts ever since it filled the air in sixty three where the cannon crashed and the battle raged and at home next day when the lists were read it fell from the lips of beardless boys who had not got away from their mother's god it rose from hearts unused to pray it was wrung often oh so often from anguished ones kneeling by empty beds my god it is the soul's instinctive appeal for help in danger in bereavement from the terror that cometh by night and the arrow that flieth by day the pestilence that walketh in darkness and the destruction that wasteth at noonday whether we trust or whether we scoff it is all the same when extremity comes we feel a need that reaches out and up we were strong but now we are weak and all alike we pray my god it is humanity's cry in the dark uncle reuben's tale was one little calculated to reassure the bereaved son he felt more and more his mother's need of him and where was she where were they all on this point the old man graphic and reliable as he was on what he knew was at fault geography was a sealed book to him to all of gordon's questions and entreaties he could only say marse gordon sir i've been chastisin my memory to think o dat place but i've clean forgot de name think hard gordon urged was it st louis no sir don't look like dat was de name it wasn't kansas city no sir uncle reuben repudiated this thought with scorn he did know that kansas city was to the west dey tuck de lexington road could it have been kentucky he felt sure that his mother would go straight to his married sister in kentucky hence his main anxiety now was to get the destination of the trevilians uncle reuben shook his head no sir dat want de town seem like i heerd something about yo ma goin dar but not mars william no sir gordon mentioned several possible places he really had very little idea what point colonel trevilian would be likely to select his kindred were all in virginia but of course he had not gone there uncle reuben was thinking deeply mars gordon he said with a gleam of hope you don't reckon dat place could a been charlottesville gordon turned away in despair they went over to the cabin and on the way uncle reuben unfolded to him the other sad tale of beverly and beverly's wife and child for a part of this he was partially prepared but the death of his friend was a blow as was lois's condition she just lays dar talkin to herself and singin sort o low like to de rag baby why dilsey done made her she don't know dat ain't a show nuff child no sir why mars gordon she tries to nuss it 
when mammy saw gordon her joy knew no bounds she immediately slipped from her bent shoulders to his strong ones the burden she had been carrying she was not much accustomed to responsibility of a grave sort having all her life had questions settled for her necessity had pressed it upon her in these latter days but at the sight of a white face she transferred it promptly deferring to his judgment in all things they took him in to see the girl she was propped up in bed her golden hair falling about her like a sunlit cloud and her face beautiful as he had never seen it an etherealized beauty that smote his heart poor beverly she looked at him with unrecognizing glance when he took her hand and spoke a troubled look came into her eyes as if sleeping memories had been stirred and she lifted the grieved chin of a child to him will beverly come to-day he turned away he could not trust himself to speak it was with strange sensations that he stood beside the might of humanity that lay in mammy's lap which they told him was beverly trevilian's child a great wave of pity swept over him this little one had come into life heavily freighted without much thought he held out his finger to the tiny hand it closed upon it instantly it's a trick babies have of worming themselves into people's hearts it thrilled the man like an appeal beverly's child and beverly had never seen it it would never know a father's care nor a low sound came to them from the other room the soft croon of a cradle song to the tune of come thou fount of every blessing hush my dear lie still in slumber holy angels guard thy bed she's puttin de rag child to sleep whispered mammy she does dat constant gordon's strong hand closed around the helpless one that clutched his finger poor little orphan fatherless and motherless marse gordon said mammy looking down anxiously into the wrinkled face does you see de favor of marse beverly in dis child seem to me he looks mo like miss lois's folks den he do like his own folks from his two humble friends for they were drawn close together now by a common sorrow and a common interest gordon heard all the details the sack of keswick the exodus and later beverly's sickness and death the only place where their memories failed was at the destination of the families this is not to be wondered at uncle reuben and mammy were like unlettered children to them there were two places in the world missouri and Virginia, or more specifically jackson county and albemarle and then such a flood of calamities had come upon them in the last few weeks it is not strange that an unknown name should have been swept away but it made gordon's search infinitely harder dilsey said uncle reuben at length is you done forgot dat paper mammy put the baby into gordon's arms before he could either retreat or enter a protest here mars gordon take dis child you got to learn how sometime he held it gingerly afraid to move lest he should break it afraid to stir lest it should cry watching its little wrinkled puckery face with a strange fascination beverly's child mammy turned back the corner of her feather-bed and drew forth a package 
gordon put the baby into uncle reuben's arms and turned to her here tis mars gordon here's de stiffkit the marriage certificate he cried oh what a help where did you get it i was afraid they might not have one mammy related with pardonable pride the story of how it was lost and found yas sir she said exultantly i was bound to have dat stiffkit i want gwine to let nobody take away dat child's mess of potash ef i could help it no sir gordon took the paper smiling at her words a marriage certificate would straighten things out wonderfully in years to come as he read his smile faded is it all right mars gordon asked mammy anxiously no mammy he said and he said it with great gentleness it is not the certificate at all it is a receipt mammy dropped into a chair then as the full force of it came to her she turned to uncle reuben gimme de chile she said brokenly po lamb po lamb gordon had not the heart to tell her what the paper that she had been guarding with such jealous care was it was a receipt for half soling a pair of shoes dated in arkansas and drawn up in beverly's writing the consideration mentioned in the document for the service rendered was one hundred and fifty dollars confederate money it was signed joel his ex crawford mark in the corner at the left hand were the names of two witnesses john pascoe and ike swamscott and after the latter name was scrawled high private in the rear ranks gordon could see the whole scene the hilarity with which the receipt had been demanded and given and duly witnessed and how it had been preserved to laugh over afterward the contrast between that scene and this seemed almost ghastly uncle reuben picked up the package dilsey done forgot de letters he said and beverly took them mars gordon mammy interrupted she would not give it up yet ain't dey some sort of book war de marriages and taxes and things is wrote down yes but you know mammy things have been in such a state in this part of the country that everything has gone to pieces there are no county officers now and even the books are gone i'm afraid we will have to give it up he took the letters there were two of them written by beverly trevilian when the sands of life were running low one was to his father the other to gordon you take em both mars gordon i don't know what to do wid dat letter you get it to mars william when you find out whar dey is i done promised mars beverly gordon took the letters and rose the very sight of them stirred him he could not read his here he went to the willow beneath whose shade he and beverly had so often lain and talked and planned the future they used to go there sometimes to play mumble peg the place was full of surging memories to him as indeed what spot about keswick was not standing by the mound where the other one lay he read the letter it was written on a leaf torn from a notebook and was short the writing faltered at the last and grew shaky it seemed to him like a message from the other world dear gordon it said i'm almost gone mammy tries to make me think i shall get well but i know to-day i never shall i wish i could oh how i wish i could for the sake of the little girl who is sitting by me my wife you were right in what you said that day gordon i oughtn't to have married her till the war was over but i did and then when she wrote me i couldn't stay away i had to come 
but it brought me to my death gordon will you take care of her until you can find father i have written to him but we don't know where he is i know you will be sure to come back here and i am writing this to leave for you it's hard to go but you'll take care of her won't you gordon we've fought on different sides but i know you'll forget that for the sake of old times the words straggled off across the page as if the hand had failed then the writing began again there was something else that must be said tell mother it's all right with me good-bye it had no signature it did not need any gordon stood motionless a swaying pendant touched his cheek when it swept back the willow leaves were wet he caught the branch and held it with a grip such as he might have given a hand bev old fellow the boyish name slipped from him unawares they seemed very close to each other then the living and the dead he looked up to the skies and raised his right hand his lips were firm set so help me god he said that night gordon lay sat out on the horse blocks where he and virginia and mrs trevilian used to sit studying the stars he was not doing that now he was trying to think it out lois needed care medical care that was the first thing if her malady were taken in time it might be cured he was physician enough to know that every day lessened this probability if he waited to hear from colonel trevilian before moving in the matter it might be too late what ought he to do then even if he should be immediately successful in the search which he intended to institute was it not likely that his letter would find colonel trevilian in no financial condition to meet this new obligation perhaps even in no physical condition after all he had been through to make such a trying journey there was no question that she ought to be taken to the asylum this was no place for her certainly ought he not to do it there was no thought in his mind that the thing would have a sinister appearance he would not have harbored it had there been beverly had left her to his care until his father should be found there was nobody else to take the responsibility mammy even could not be spared to go with them there was nothing to do but for him to take her to fulton this settled his thoughts turned to virginia and his mother his own family he felt sure would go directly to kentucky he would write immediately to his sister there making inquiries and would send a letter to virginia for sally to forward of course sally would know where they were and it would save time it would be ten days or two weeks then before he could hope for a reply but when he did he went off then into a blissful reverie from which he stirred himself at last to go to the pallet that mammy had spread for him in the loom house he told them of his plan the next morning it was not questioned except as to the possibility of it i thought de sylum had been shut up in durin of de wa mammy said she had heard them tell of its being closed by order of governor jackson early in sixty one that the bedding might be used for the soldiers she remembered it because of the talk it made when the patients were sent back to their respective counties to their homes in the poorhouses and jails it has just been reopened gordon answered how soon could she go i reckon she could go most any time i'm just keepin her in de bed cause dat seem like hit's the safe place fur her. get her clothes ready then and as soon as i can get leave of absence i will take her down marse gordon you ain't gwine take little beverly is you mammy spoke anxiously she had named the child herself you can have the baby until we hear from colonel trevilian i think he belongs to you by good right he certainly couldn't be in better hands i'll send the cow down as soon as i get to kansas city 
yas sir ef you please sir look like old star ain't gwine hold out till his little toofs come mammy had adopted another generation and so one day they put the gentle sweet-faced girl with her belongings in a carriage and gordon drove her to the station where they took the train for fulton mammy had made her a fresh rag child and dressed it in a real baby dress and shawl and cap for the journey it seemed the last thing she could do for her the girl had fallen into a settled melancholy now and hugged the baby to her and wept softly as they rode in the cars gordon watching her from his seat behind he spoke to her occasionally but she would only shake her head and weep afresh who is it you've got there asked a man he met on the train the man had known gordon in the old neighborhood nobody that you know i think gordon said briefly it is a lady i am taking to a place of safety jackson county is no place now for any woman that can get away he did not care to enlighten the man who was a garrulous gossip despite his sex the girl was young and beautiful the man looked at the trio and drew his own conclusions he repeated them afterward as facts it is a way we have of carrying on the devil's work End of chapter 38